Hey everyone, this is Chris, and I'm the Film Phantom, and for this week's episode, pretty much the beginning portion of this episode will be dedicated in honor of David Prowse and his passing on Saturday night, that being November 28th, 2020, if you happen to be watching this in the future. Um, David Prowse, the guy, the man who uh, portrayed Darth Vader in the original trilogy, he was the man behind the suit, uh, an actor that never got his due, I'd say, in regards to playing Darth Vader. Most people know James Earl Jones or Sebastian Shaw in the original cut of Return of the Jedi when you know Luke takes off the helmet, Sebastian Shaw, when the Force Ghost appears as Anakin before you know Hayden Christensen was Anakin Skywalker, it was Sebastian Shaw who appeared as Luke's father. So you never see um, David Prowse as Darth Vader. He's always been very underappreciated I'd argue and it's something that's not really known unless you you're a fan of the series if you're a casual viewer you mainly probably know Judge Vader General Jones maybe Sebastian Shaw but you know James Earl Jones always because it's an iconic voice so pretty much we're going to be talking about um David Prowse's you know legacy if you will for a good portion of this episode we'll be talking about that pretty much how you know what he's known for a little bit before Star Wars, you know, some other things he's appeared in or helped with. Um, and then, you know, we'll talk about his Star Wars history. And also just, he, unfortunately, his relationship with Star Wars was never that great. Um, his relationship with Star Wars and George Lucas. And, we'll, you know, we'll go into that. We're not gonna go, we're not gonna make an hour-long video just talking about Dio Prowse's, uh, you know, relationship with Star Wars. Um, I did make a video last night on the passing or yeah on the passing I, I made a video just talking about and how uh david prowse's portrayal of vader even though he, we never saw him and we never heard his voice how he through his body language and how he portrayed vader again physically uh that importance is still shown to this day regarding how george vader is seen in various stories media so we'll go through that i also want to talk about last night or just yesterday in general, um, Netflix's, I guess, hold of Daredevil, their rights of Daredevil has officially expired, so Marvel could officially use Daredevil in their movies now. He officially joined in the MCU, which is something I want to talk about a little bit, because there's a lot of speculation on what Daredevil could do in the MCU. Um, also, we have The Mandalorian. I need to talk about Episode 5. If you haven't seen it, I'll leave it to the end, but you definitely need to go watch that episode. It's, it was fucking phenomenal. Also, I want to put it out right now that um, there's going to be some changes to how the podcast works. It's still going to be every Monday. I'm not going to break that speak yet. I'm going to take a sip of water. Excuse me. But, um, so I want to do some changes to the podcast, mainly so I could make the episode a little bit longer, make them more interesting, and kind of just... Basically, before, I used to have another YouTube channel, and that one, I ended up quitting it, but those, those was a set of videos that always gave me a good amount of views, and I would post videos, like, every day, and it would pretty much just be, like, those news channels, like, those movie news channels where they just constantly, like, Screen Rant, or whatever, Screen Rant, or, uh, I wouldn't say Watch Mojo, but constantly put out updates on movies, and those videos would give me a good amount of views, but... I didn't like the fact that I had to post a video every day. I felt like I was flooding subscribers with inbox 
and it would just kind of be almost like spam. So I didn't really like how that worked. So I decided that I'm going to start incorporating those into the podcast because these come out very on a Monday anyway. And I should probably start making these videos longer. So I decided, why not? We're just going to talk movie news. So instead of just, cause let's be honest, this podcast has mainly been PS5's fucking takeover. So I decided, let's just let's, let's kind of do a little reboot. And next week's episode is going to be a little bit more different, hopefully. And hopefully I'll have a lot more to talk about. And hopefully we can extend the runtime of these episodes and kind of just make them more podcast-like, if you will. But yeah, let's mainly, let's, let's start with you, bros. Because again, this is... It was really shocking when I found out he passed. Um, I just got off work. It was the last day. I would retail, so it was the last day of a big sale we were doing. And it was a crazy day, super tiring. And I get off of work, check my phone real quick. And then the first thing, because I have Apple News and stuff. So I that immediately popped up on Apple News for me. And then I also popped up on Google News. And when I, when I went on Reddit, that was there as well. So I... It, was, it hit me. I didn't expect to hear of his passing. I knew him and even James Earl Jones. They're both, you know, getting up there in age. So it's not to be, I don't want to say it's unexpected, but you never want to hear news like this. We've already had uh, Kenny Baker, R2D2, uh, Peter Mayhew, Chewbacca, Terry Fisher, obviously, Princess Leia. So a lot of the original cast is going away. Harrison Ford and Mark Hamill are both here, thankfully. But let's be honest, they're both getting up there in age, especially Ford. Um, so, it's really unfortunate to hear about these things. And because Star Wars is pretty much my favorite franchise ever. So, it, it really is upsetting. But anyway, let's... So, David Prowse was pretty much hired as Darth Vader simply because of his physique. David Prowse was a body lifter. And to go, go over briefly, he's done... Things beside weightlifting, he actually helped train Christopher Reeve in the role of Superman in the, you know, Superman 1978. So, he actually tried to get the part of Superman himself, that didn't go through, and so he ended up training Christopher Reeve. He also appeared in, he was the, uh, the bodyguard in A Clockwork Orange, so he's done things here and there. He also trained various people on set for uh, Princess Bride. So, Jerry Prowse, he's been with the film industry here and there, mainly as a trainer, uh, small roles here and there, right? And also, he's notably for uh, playing Green Cross, Green Cross Code Man. It's a mouthful. Uh, think of a superhero in the UK, pretty much a public figure for uh, road safety, pretty much. So think about like Captain Planet, we have Captain Planet for the Earth and whatnot. You know, Green Cross Code Man, saving the day for kids crossing the road, you know. Always good to have safety on the road, you know. Anyway, so that's kind of a little backstory stuff he's done before Star Wars. But when he got hired for Star Wars, he George Lucas won a big guy. And this was Jake Deerprow, 6'6", six, six foot 6'7", six, six foot seven, big dude um, in Star Wars. Usually Vader is in the canon, at least in stories, usually considered like seven foot tall. So it, it really matched up. It, it, it worked out for him and he really gave that imposing, menacing, you know, 
threatening big look for Vader. He towered over everyone. If you look at New Hope and you see uh, Vader just towering over uh, Princess Leia Carrie Fisher, it, he's a big fucking guy. So big dude, however the issue is that it was his voice. It was his voice and if I understand um, the situation, what happened. So basically, if you're unaware, Dave Prowse was under the assumption that his voice was going to be the voice to be used for Star Wars, for Darth Vader. It was going to be his voice. And he had a, uh, I believe it's called a West County accent. That's what it's called. Um, there's another term for it, but I honestly forgot what's, what kind of particular accent he had. But I believe it's called a West West Country accent. Think of it like a Southern accent for you know us in the U.S. Kind of like that kind of accent for the U.K. people. So he had that kind of accent. Um, I would actually recommend it. There's videos on YouTube of Vader without the James Earl Jones' dub on him, so you can hear. David Prowse's voice, and in hindsight, yes, I'm very glad they chose James Earl Jones. However, it's pretty sucky, honestly, that David Prowse was under the assumption that his voice was going to be used for stories for Vader, and it wasn't. Um, George Lucas quote, and I'm uh, George Lucas wanted a quote darker voice, a lot more uh, reverb in the voice, and that's why he went with James Earl Jones, and. It really sucks for uh, Dave Prowse in that regard, right? So, that was taken from him, his his voice. And he, you could tell in the videos where you hear Dave Prowse talking as Vader, that man was really fucking trying. And it really sucks that he, um, he wasn't aware about his voice not being in as Darth Vader. Now, also, another broken promise, he was told that he was going to appear at the very end of Return of the Jedi. Um, you know, because we never see him in Souls at all. The original trilogy, we don't see Dave Prowse at all. So he was like, alright. And also his voice wasn't there. So he, he, was, he was told that he would appear in Return of the Jedi. As, you know, unmasked Vader and as Force Ghost. Um, that obviously didn't happen because it, re it became Sebastian Shaw. Sebastian Shaw was the Force Ghost, like I mentioned earlier. And it was, he was the one where you, when you see Vader take off his mask, when Luke takes off his mask, it's, it's Sebastian Shaw under that. Not, um, Dear Prowse, which is unfortunate. So, two broken promises there, right? And pretty much, from that point on, you kind of, you pretty much should figure out that Dear Prowse and George Lucas probably didn't have that great relationship with that. So, it just, it, his original, how would you say, his original just, the word's not coming to me guys, but his time with Star Wars in the game wasn't that great, so, and it, it really didn't get better, to be honest with you, even during the Luke Skywalker and um, Vader fight in Empire, that that wasn't uh, Prowse under the, the suit either. Not for, not for Empire at least, just because he, Prowse, wasn't that great of a sword fighter and they kept he kept breaking the sticks when it came to that fight. So pretty much what had to happen was he was replaced by the coach and he was underneath the suit. The only time um, Prowse really got a recognition, recognition was when 
he told Lucas he needed to be the one to throw Palpatine down the shaft. Because no one else could fucking carry Palpatine. So I, that was Dave Prowse. That was all his, you know, his, he was a fucking weightlifter, bodylifter. And he was able to lift up uh, Ian McDermott and throw his ass down uh, the shaft. Now, actually, let me bash that real quick. Because when I say Dave Prowse didn't like Star Wars, it's not exactly true. Uh, when it came, to, I think more of his light comes from his relationship with George Lucas, because you know the things I mentioned before, his voice not being in the film, him not appearing at the end of uh, at the end of Return of the Jedi, he appeared in, at fan conventions, and he helped with some fan work, um, but also just when it comes to George Lucas, when he's in charge, it's he does not it's not well it's not a good mix-up. He's even admitted that he's not a fan of the prequels, which I imagine would definitely not make George Lucas happy, because that's his fucking baby right there, the prequels. Um, but again, a lot of people don't like the prequels. Well, nowadays, it's more acceptable. But back then, a lot of people didn't like them. So maybe that's, that's just adding more salt to the wound, if you will. But notably, two things. One, uh, Dave Prowse was banned from conventions, Star Wars conventions in 2010. He was banned from the official Star Wars conventions, and it was pretty much George Lucas thought Prowse burning down too many bridges, and that was really it. So they, at that point, the, the relationship between Lucas, Lucas's Star Wars, and Dan Prowse was there's nothing there, right? There was obviously some animosity between the two, and even uh, in 2015, there was a documentary called "I Am Your Father," which I haven't gotten around to watch it, unfortunately, but. It's a Spanish documentary, which goes about Prowse and his relationship with Star Wars pretty much. I think it's great, I unfortunately haven't watched it, but it really, from my understanding, it goes into Prowse talking history of his history of Star Wars, and him even reshooting some scenes where he thought he should have been Vader, pretty much. Now, another funny thing I want to mention, um, another dispute between Prowse and Lucas was apparently there was belief that Prowse leaked the twist in Empire Strikes Back, which was the big twist being I'm your father, the guy I'm your father, Vader admits. Um, and Prowse made a, a guess many years ago, 1978, that he, you know, Vader could be Luke's father. He made a, a guess, a he, a suggestion, if you will, to a crowd um, in Berkeley, right? But thing is, the script for Empire wasn't written yet, so there was no way he could have known that the whole, you know, I am your father thing. Hell, even when the script was written, even fucking Mark Hamill didn't know. Uh, I believe the only people that knew about that twist were Lucas and Jim Bill Jones. Maybe some of the producers or whatever, vaccine guys, but none of the main cast knew about that twist. So I doubt anyone, I doubt Prowse knew. So even the director, excuse me, not director, producer, I might cut off for a second, I have to fix it, but the producer, uh, Gary, Gary Kurtz, he, he even said that it was just a guess and there was nothing there. But, you know, another account for Lucas and Prowse just, Nothing I die. It's more Lucas than anything kind of being a dickhead. And we we've heard stories about George Lucas being a little bit difficult to work with. We've heard these stories here and there. And maybe they're true. Maybe they're true. But 
it's unfortunate that pretty much that a lot of Paros' history of stories is relatively sour and not really good, at least with official stories. When it comes to fans and conventions, fan conventions, not official stuff, but fan works and stuff, it's been great with him. He's even a member, excuse me, he's even a member of the Pilot First, pretty much the biggest Star Wars fan group that is. They make their own costumes. He's an honorary member of the Pilot First. They, uh, they're, if it helps, they're usually, uh, Stormtroopers or clone troopers, whatever, when there's like big premieres and you need a big group of stormtroopers or troop, you know, you know, you, you know what I'm saying. Stormtroopers as a crowd, they usually, they usually call the 501st. Um, they were even the, I found this while watching the Mandalorian Disney Gallery, by the way. They were the, when Moff Gideon appears for the first time in episode 7, and there's a gang of stormtroopers that appear, and they kind of just huddle up in front of the TIE Fighter, those are all numbers of the 501st, and it's fucking dope, so. Fun fact about that. But anyway, it's unfortunate about the process history of Star Wars. I really hope another documentary, documentary comes out. They can make another one. And they just need to shine more light on him. Just I feel like he deserves that credit. We all know Jingle Jones. And like I said in my video I made yesterday. There's no Darth Vader without the process. There's no Darth Vader without Jingle Jones. It's a, it's a two-way street there. They work in tangent, you know? There's no... There's no Star Wars without either of them, just because that, there's, it's just not going to work. So Darth Vader is a pivotal point in Star Wars, and it's not complete without either of them. So, there's not much I want to say about that topic, really. So just rest in peace, dear Prowse, and may the Force be with him. I also, I guess the next topic we're going to move on to, after a relatively more serious topic, we're going to move on to... The deal between Marvel Netflix Daredevil that has officially expired as of yesterday. So Daredevil could pretty much appear in any MCU movie at this point. Now, first thing, are we gonna re recast uh Matt Murdock, Daredevil? I don't think they should. A lot of the general consensus is that Jolly Cox was fucking great as Daredevil. Now I'll be honest with you guys, I saw I've seen a bit of Daredevil here and there. I'm Mainly because I don't, I haven't had Netflix for a let me, let me rephrase this. When Daredevil came out, I did not have Netflix. And I, when I saw the, when I saw the whole Daredevil thing, Daredevil as a character to me is not that interesting to me. That, I'm, that's just me being flat out on. I'm not super interested in that character. But when I see the fight scenes and the choreography in Daredevil, yes, it's fucking cool. Everyone knows the hallway fight scene. It's fucking cool. But to me, I'm not super fascinated by the character. However, Charlie Cox as Daredevil has a general consensus that he is great as Daredevil. And when I've seen him in Daredevil here and there, from his show, from the Defenders, I did see Defenders. Um, I really like how how he is as Murdoch and as he is as Daredevil. So I don't think they should recast him. He they didn't recast uh, J. Jonah Jameson. They're not going to recast fucking Electro for whatever reason. So they, if we're all, if we're just keeping people how they are, there's already an association with Charlie Cox in the Marvel Universe at least. You know, you know, they reference the MCU and the Netflix shows. They didn't really go super into it. There's that association with Charlie Cox for Marvel already. So, and he's even said he's down to come back. So, I think it's a no-brainer to bring back Charlie Cox. Now... Second thing, what movie will he appear in? Will he get his own solo movie? What phase will he appear in? Now, we already kind of know phase four, how we already have the layout 
already. I don't remember the layout off the top of my head already, but we have a layout with films gonna come out. Obviously, Marvel is gonna have to change some stuff up with the passing of uh, Black Panther. So it's Chadwick Boseman. The name wasn't coming to me, so I had I just said Black Panther, but Chadwick Boseman with its passing, they always have to change some things up a little bit. And now Jadable could get a solo film. However, I don't think it's necessary for him to go into a solo film because he had his own fucking series. He had all his fucking... He had multiple seasons, too. So, I don't think he needs a movie. I think he could be shoot, put, like, right into a, uh, like a, another movie. And I've heard a lot of people saying she should be in a, the next Spider-Man movie. Which would be really cool. If he could be, like, Peter Parker's lawyer. That'd be cool, you know? But, however, I don't think he should be in the next one. Because that movie's already way too fucking bad. We have a lot of motherfuckers in that movie. Especially if I'm hearing, if the rumors are true that, you know, we're having a little mini Spider-Verse with Toby and Andrew coming back for this one. It's, it's been way too packed and if anything, he should, Matt, is a big deal when he appears in Spider-Man, right? So if anything, end credit scene, you could throw in Matt Murdock there and it would be dope as shit. But I don't think he should be in the next Spider-Man movie. But I definitely think he shouldn't have his own movie flat off. He should just be put in another Marvel movie. I think that would really help him out because he had his own series, right? Most people already know Daredevil. And if anyone's like, oh, who the fuck is Daredevil? Anyone can just say, hey, there's, there's a show with this dude. And it's in the Marvel Universe, technically. So just, hey, go watch the fucking Marvel Netflix show. It, it, it does everything for itself. It services the character itself. Another thing. Should they change the suit? Of all the things, I don't care too much about Daredevil. I really like that fucking suit. He has a really dope fucking suit in the show. Now, it took a while for it to grow on me, honestly. But when it grew on me, I really like that suit. You know? So, I don't think they should re redesign it at all. To me, it doesn't look low budget or anything. It looks fucking good, you know? Now, another thing. The Daredevil, the Daredevil shows were a, those were a hard PG-13, you know, they were a hard PG-13 for the most part, they were rough. Same thing with Jessica Jones, that was a hard PG-13. Maybe Iron Fist, Luke Cage, not really, but Jessica Jones and, um, Daredevil especially, those both were a hard PG-13. So, how does that fit? Because, let's be honest, the Marvel movies were always lighter in tone compared to... The Netflix shows, 100%. There's, there's no one here that could debate that, right? In tone, they were, they were lighter. In subject matter, even then, it was lighter. Now, yes, you would, they would tackle some stuff, you know. Civil War, Endgame, they would tackle some stuff here and there. But when it comes to subject material and tone, the Netflix shows would definitely dark. Are you gonna, are they gonna lighten? Daredevil, if anything. They could put Daredevil in Phase 4, and that would be a perfect way to kind of like, hey, we're going to mature the tone a little bit. Because we have uh, Doctor Strange, fucking, his movie, it's, I don't think it's going to be a horror movie. Okay. It was originally supposed to be a horror movie. They lost the director. It's Sam Raimi now. Come on, Sam Raimi is known for his horror. Evil fucking dead. So, that movie to me, I still think it's going to have some horror elements in it. Right? Maturity, if you will. And then, you got WandaVision, right? That's gonna be his own mindfuck thing. They could do a lot with that. And then you have Blade at the very end. Right? Blade is a rated R character. And a Blade is the very first rated R Marvel movie, which it's fucking not. 
at least in the MCU. I'm saying MCU movie. So, yeah. Um, it's not gonna be radar, but that could be a horror PG-13, right? Daredevil could kind of ease into that. He could be like, he could be fucking people up, and it could kind of drive the MCU into going to that more darker tone. I think he's the perfect character for that, actually. It could work really well. So, that's just my thoughts on the whole Daredevil situation with, you know, him going back to the MCU, basically. He is free now. He's free of Netflix's grasp on him. So, yeah. I think the future is very bright for Daredevil, and I think it, it would be very stupid of Marvel. And Kevin Feige is a smart man. He's a very smart man. It would be very dumb of them to not, to not bring back Charlie Cox. It would... It wouldn't be smart at them at all. So, that's my little two cents on that. Now, last thing we gotta talk about. Spoilers ahead, boys. Spoilers ahead. Mandalorian Season 2, Episode 5. Let me just say, right now at this point, we have three more episodes for the show left. There are only three left episodes left for Season 2. Eight episodes, that's it. So, we know for a fact Season 3 is gonna happen. However, we're not gonna speculate too much into that right now. Let's just focus on... The amazingness of episode 5. This is by far my favorite episode of the entire... Well, okay, let me say this. Season 2, episode 1 had my favorite opening. I This is second. Oh, fuck, it's really hard. Cause right now, like, without any order, my first three openings in Mandalorian have been... Season 2, episode 1. This episode, season 5, with Ahsoka season and then the very first opening in Mandalorian. I love the very when he fucking goes into the bar and then it, I I'm man I consider myself a fan but even I don't remember the name of the fucking blue fucker. That guy is getting roughed up, Mando pulls up and the guys are being assholes to him and then you know he, he takes them both out and then he he brings out the fucking bounty puck on the blue dude and then the blue dude fucking tries to offer him money Bounty Puck, and then Mando says, I can bring you in warm, or I can bring you in cold. Right? And it's super fucking cool. It's so fucking cool. That's the first thing you hear him talk to, he says that line. This is like, Mando didn't talk much back then, but now he, he talks quite a bit. But back then, he, we didn't know too much. He was a silent fucker, pulls up in the bar, and then he says, those were his first words. If I'm correct, I'm pretty sure those were his first words. Because he didn't say anything to the, the other, the, the asshole. They fuck with his best friend, but they don't know, he didn't say anything to them, right? And then, season 2, episode 1, he goes to the, uh, that arena with the, with the fucking Cyclops motherfucker. And then, that guy's trying to, like, he's trying to say, like, well, Mando's looking for them. This is such a terrible fucking explanation, but it's a lot to talk about. And, anyway. Mando goes inside there, fucking the Gamorreans are fighting, little, having a little like death match up in there. He's Mando's looking for the Mandalorians, which obviously he finds with Bo-Katan and stuff, uh, episode 3, but he asks the Cyclops motherfucker, and the Cyclops motherfucker says it's no place for a child to be. Mando is looking for the Mandalorians, and it just it ends up in this fucking fight, and he takes out all these fuckers, and then he ends up, you know, hanging the Cyclops dude on a fucking pole. And those creatures come even, right? It, it was a great fucking scene. And in this one, there's no Mandalorian in... Well, there's no Mando in the cold opening for episode 5, but it's Ahsoka and just... It's, they just fucking went in with it. There was, I'm so glad they didn't tease. They knew this was episode 
Disney straight up could have just put the description for episode 5 as, this is the one. This is, this is the episode, and everyone would have fucking known. Because, straight out the gate, you know, you have these soldiers, and they're fucking, they're, they're in the forest, and they're running from something, and then you have, like, a, a shot fucking running. And from the foreground, you hear this lightsaber, and you see them. It's the white lightsabers, and you just fucking know. Because there are so many lightsabers, the white lightsabers from Rebels. And you see her face, and Rosario Dawson did a fucking great job. But I think she looks great. I think Ahsoka looks fucking great, you know? You can't... I hear a lot of complaints about the the Lekrus, but even the, the uh, creative designer said himself, they can't make them too big without it being a detriment. It was making it really difficult to do certain things. Like Shakti, Shakti had some big fucking Lekrus and Montrelis in the in the prequels. However, she, she did nothing. The best, the most action fucking Shakti got in the prequels was when she died by Grievous in the lead scene for uh, Revenge of Sith. You know, she, she did nothing. And this Ahsoka, she's she not as flippy as Cohen's Ahsoka. But like she still she did a flip during the fight with the the magistrate. She was moving around. If they made them too big, it would have been it would have been damn near impossible to do anything. So I think she looks great. Also, um, Ahsoka has natural like really big fucking eyes, and obviously they couldn't do that here without looking kind of weird. Unless they like did like hold an Alita Alita battle angel on her. But anyway, I think. I think Ahsoka looks fine. I think Ahsoka looks really fine. The best they could have done with it. They did a damn good job, right? So, Ahsoka pulls up. And, I'm not, I think you should just watch the episode. I can't really go into anything. We, uh, the opening was my favorite. Ahsoka meeting Mando. Um, they duke it out for a little bit. I got a little nervous when Mando tied her up. Because last time Mandalorian tied up Ahsoka, that fucking got his head cut off, you know? So, oh my god, it was such a cool episode. Ahsoka talking to uh, Baby Yoda, or the child through the forest, we have his name, Grogu, we find out that Grogu was raised on the Jedi Temple in Coruscant during the Clone Wars. Now, I don't know who the fuck made him, who like, took him out and saved his ass, but someone did, and someone took it to the team, because this, just, they saved the child, we wouldn't have Baby Yoda without whoever saved him, right? And then, so we have Grogu, that's his name, Ahsoka says she can't train him, because the fear inside Baby Yoda, or inside Grogu. She references Anakin, saying, I've seen what the dark side could do to, oh, the anger and the fear could do to a fully fledged Jedi Knight. The best of us, referring to Anakin, fucking crazy. And then we had that duel at the very end, which actually, let me, I want to talk about that. At the very end of the episode, we have the Lang, who's that. Uh, that actually, his name is not kind to me, but Kyle Reese from The Terminator, and Hicks from, um, the Alien series, or Aliens, so, it, it's fucking cool, he's here, and he, him and Mando are having like this western standoff, while Ahsoka the Magistrate, with her, um, Baskar spear, and Ahsoka Sabre, are in like, they're in their own little duel, and the way these are framed, we have a western, like, standoff, and we have a samurai filmed, kind of duel, going on between Ahsoka and the Magistrate, Two of the biggest influences of Star Wars, and I love that how that shot and how it's framed. Or oh, I, I should mention the fucking Amorai, and if 
when Mando Priest goes to look for Ahsoka, you see Morai on the fucking tree. Awesome. Most people, it's like, if you're a casual fan, you thought it was an owl. Nah, that's fucking Morai. That's the daughter right there. Anyway, so, Morai's there. You hear Ahsoka's theme throughout the episode. A little, little, little of theme. Amazing. The very end of the episode was very Clone Wars. Where Sophie just kind of looks at the ship and then she smiles and she kind of just walks on. Very Clone Wars, very Ahsoka. And Rosario Dawson is amazing just because her speech patterns and the, were very uh, actually excellent. Like, it was Ahsoka to a T, the way she spoke, the smirks, the attitude. Like, it was phenomenal how they translated Ahsoka to live action. Uh, there was, I was optimistic, but I had some doubts to be honest, but all those doubts are gone. It was amazing how well they translated Ahsoka to live action. So, let's talk about this. It's, spe it's speculation time. We have the very episode, she tells Mando I can't train him, and then she tells Mando to go to Tython. Which, oh yeah, sidetrack. Tython, if you don't know, Tython is the, pretty much the big place of the original Jedi Order. The, it was the, the Jedi, not so basically where Jedi comes from is by the Jedi, um, their own, they were trained to both use the light and dark side of the force, balance, they were truly balanced, so it's also the first uh, uh, first planet I believe on Knights of the Old Republic, so that's another callback to the Old Republic fans, so amazing. They go to Tython, there's an old Jedi temple there, put Grogu on the pedestal, and he's on choose path, and he said if you choose the, the force, a Jedi might find him. So let's this like there's three options here. What well, is technically four, but there's really three to me because make the fourth one makes no sense. Oh wait, before I talk about this, it's fucking Thrawn. Oh my, they name drop Thrawn when fucking Ahsoka fights Matri. Matri fucking makes one of uh, Ahsoka's sabers go flying. Ahsoka, by the way, Ahsoka is very casual sort of fighting. She's not using her reverse grip for the very end. She's very casual with it. And when one of the saber goes flying, she's left with a shoulder blade, and she's changed to the bridge grip. And in about seven seconds, she's beat to match with ass. Like, she just flipped the switch on when she went to the race. But classic Senna with the first grip. So, she holds her blade in the neck of the magistrate and says, Who, Where's your master? Where's Grand Admiral Thrawn? And I freaked the hell out. Because we haven't seen Grand Admiral Thrawn since End of Rebels when him and Ezra go hyperspace into the middle of buttfuck nowhere in the regions. We don't know where the hell they're at. So, obviously, this means Ahsoka still like for Ezra, but that also means that the Magistrate must somehow know where Thrawn is. Because she wouldn't just ask that to fucking anyone. So they must. Thrawn's somewhere now. They're not. They're not. At least they're not in the regions anymore. They must be somewhere. So. Thrawn's name was shot. Anyway, let's go back to the what Jedi is gonna appear on Tython. Like what Jedi is gonna Grogu gonna call out to? The reasonable, the most logical explanation would be Ezra, Ezra Bridgers. Cause we had the Thorn connection, we might as well have Ezra show up and he could train Grogu. Now Ezra, I didn't like Ezra that much in the beginning, but when Ezra kinda grew as a character, I kinda grew to like Ezra. And Ezra would be the perfect Jedi to teach Grogu, because Grogu has that attachment to Mando. Ezra doesn't fucking care. Ezra was a Padawan during the, the Republic days, and he was trained by Kanan. And Kanan had attachments. Kanan fucking had kid with fucking uh, Hera. She had, he had an attachment. So, 
Ezra has doesn't give a shit about those rules, and he could train Grogu. It makes sense. We have the Rebels connection already. Next option, the holy shit, but uh, option, but also the like. We know where this is gonna go, and I don't like where it goes. And that's Luke Skywalker. Luke Skywalker is at, at this point. He is trying to rebuild his order. He's kind of he's probably sitting going around the galaxy looking for four sensitive children. You know, doing his thing. However, Mark Hamill's way too old for this at this point. And even they, I don't want them to de-age him because it's not going to look that great. I know it's not. However, we have Sebastian Stan. Sebastian Stan looks like a fucking young Mark Hamill. You put those two together, like, you can look it up. It looks really... It, it would work. And even Mark Hamill's given his blessing for Sebastian Stan to play a younger Luke Skywalker. So... They could do that, however we know that all the younglings and all Luke Skywalker's Padawans get fucking killed. So, what happens to Grogu? Grogu is gonna be an... Look, Baby Yoda's not fucking dying. He is not dying. Disney will be burning money if Baby Yoda dies. There's no way. So, I highly doubt Luke Skywalker shows up. Because we ha we're all gonna think, well, Grogu has ends up dying. Unless somehow he escaped that fucking genocide, that whole killing of the Jedi, he survived one, wait, you know, 46 sticks, he's gonna survive this one too. So, we have that issue. The wild card pick is Cal Kestis. Fallen Order, we don't know if he's dead or not. Last time we saw him, he escaped Vader, and he cut up, he cut up a uh, Jedi holocron. So, he might pull up and train Grogu. We don't know. We don't know what Cal is at this point. You know? So it could be Cal Kestis. The fourth option is the one I hope they don't do. And they introduce another Jedi. Please don't introduce another Jedi. I like the lore on all these Jedi. I like when Kanan was introduced. Like whenever a new Jedi is introduced, I like the idea of always hesitant. Because originally, when, when in original films, it was just Luke. Luke and that was it. And now we have Ahsoka, we have Cal, we have Ezra. There's, a, there's a more Jedi than we originally thought there were. And that kind of diminishes Ori 66 a little bit. But I don't give a shit really, just because I love the Jedi. But I hope they don't introduce another one. I'd rather them just pull, pull from the few we have. Like, we can, it was not so good. So, we have Cal, we have Luke, or we have Ezra. It's one of those three. Half one of those three. Anyway, guys. I'm going to leave it at that. I hope you guys enjoyed the video. Uh, there'll be some changes in the next week's episode. Some, hopefully it'll be longer, hopefully we'll have more to talk about. We'll see how the future goes for the podcast. Anyway guys, guys link to always in the description below. Like, comment, subscribe if you're watching from the YouTube channel. If you're not, check out the YouTube channel, please. We're at 22 subs. Three more until we hit a quarter to 100. Share the video, you guys. Share with your friends, all that fun stuff. I'll be seeing you guys in the next one, episode 13. That's, that's what this episode was. Rest in peace, David Prowse. May the force be with you. And may the force be with all you guys. This is the Film Phantom going dark.